The reading tonight is Psalm 16, a miktam of David. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lords, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is God's word. Hi everyone, my name's Scott. I'm the student minister here at CCM and it's my privilege to take us through Psalm 16 uh, together. Uh, hopefully you've got a Bible in front of you. If not, uh, then you'll find the full uh, text of the psalm in the service handout, which you can find on the comments section uh, just underneath this video. Do, uh, do get that uh, if that would be a help to you. Why don't I pray as we come to God's word uh, together? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, how we need you to speak to us. Uh, your word is life and truth. And so we praise you that you have spoken, that you speak to us even today through this psalm. Please, Father, encourage us that we might live more to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I guess in a way that most of us won't have faced at any point in our lives, uh, right now we, we face real danger. Um, our health might be in danger, or the, the health of those that we know and love. Uh, maybe our job uh, security, our income is in danger. The, the whole way in which we, we do life has is now under threat uh, and we feel it, don't we? That I guess will be particularly acute uh, if you're a, a frontline worker, if you're working in the NHS and you're heading into hospital each and every day, not sure of what you're gonna face and in times like this, I guess we, we realise all the more that we are not in control of our lives. But wonderfully, the whole truth of the Bible is, or the truth of the whole Bible is that, that there is one who is in control. There is a God who reigns over everything and he is in control. He, in the words of this psalm, is our refuge. Psalm 16, it gives us words to pray to our Father in heaven. Uh, it is a, a plea for safety, but it is also more than that. It is a defiant declaration that no matter what situation we face, the Lord is all we need. And it's also an assurance that God will keep us. We will enjoy eternal pleasures in his presence. 
And so this psalm is for us an example. Uh, words to speak to God as we face danger. But uh, spoiler alert here, uh, the, the psalm ultimately is, is not just about us. It is fully and truly about the Lord Jesus. God's true faithful one. The one who was not abandoned to the realm of the dead. He faced an even greater danger as he faced the wrath of God, as he died for you and for me. Jesus, who, who now reigns at the right hand of the Father. And because these promises of Psalm 16 are true of Jesus, and they are true of us uh, as we trust in him. And so that can give us amazing assurance as we face danger now. Three big things this psalm is going to show us uh, as we look at it together. It, it gives us three things. It gives us a plea we can cry out. It gives us truth we can cling to. And it gives us assurance we can rejoice in. Firstly then, a plea we can cry out in danger. Look down at verse one. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. See, the writer of this psalm, he, he is in danger and he responds in, in a way that may be familiar uh, to lots of us. Keep me safe, God. We all know, don't we, that there's no, no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. But, but this is more than that. This isn't just a cry into the dark. No, look what he actually says. He says, keep me safe, my God. See, the writer knows that God is his God. For in you, I take refuge. Maybe he's cried out many times before when he's needed God's help. And so his default as he faces this new danger is to cry out to the Lord again. Psalm 16 is, is written by King David. And we're not told exactly the situation that he's facing as he writes it. His life was, was full of dangerous situations. There's several it could be, but... And it may well have been written at a time when he was on the run uh, from the king, King Saul. And he was being hunted down. He was in fear of his life. Each night he would go to bed not sure what tomorrow would bring. See, David was God's chosen king, but he wasn't yet the visible or reigning king over Israel. And so as he faces this danger, what does he do? Well, he cries out to God, keep me safe. My God, for in you I have taken refuge. I wonder, have you done that? Have you cried out to God in this current crisis for safety? It's very easy, isn't it, at the minute to, to put in place lots of other coping strategies. How am I going to fill my day? When will I take my daily exercise? Where will I get supplies? Very easy to do all of that coping strategy and, and never actually acknowledge that it is God and God alone who holds our lives in his hands. So cry out to him, cry out to him, keep me safe, my God. And if you have done that, if you are doing that, keep doing it, keep clinging to him, keep crying out to him. That's not the only thing David does, is it? It's just the first verse, but it is the first thing that he does. His plea in danger is, keep me safe, my God. That's the first thing. The second thing this psalm gives us 
is truth we can cling to in danger. Look down from verse 2. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after gods, other gods, will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. See, here we begin to get to the heart of the psalm. As David acknowledges that apart from the Lord, he has no good thing. It's quite a statement, isn't it? No good thing apart from God. What about his, his family, his career? What about his, all his achievements? It's an extraordinary statement to say that when it comes to it, the Lord alone is everything I need. Even if everything else falls away and fails me. He doesn't mean that everything else in his life is bad. But by comparison, they are nothing. In a crisis, you see what is most precious to people, don't you? It's the classic question of if your house is on fire, what would you go and what would you go and get? What would you grab? Grab your your laptop, your important documents, uh, your pet budgie, whatever it is. Well, David's saying here, whatever life brings, you, Lord, are everything I need. You're the giver of all good things. And if I have you, Lord, I have everything I need. I guess the, the, the danger that he finds himself in is, has helped him to see that. Maybe before he, he would have agreed in, in principle that the Lord was everything that he needed. And yet now he knows it from experience. Maybe one of the things that, that God will teach us through this crisis is how much we need him. How he ultimately is the one we need. I guess in, in declaring that, it, it doesn't mean that David has suddenly um, become a sort of lockdown hermit. You know, he's just gone into his little corner with his Bible, um, just him and God. You know, he, he's not on his own. He, he quite quickly reflects on the joy of being part of God's people. See, to know that the Lord is your everything uh, isn't, isn't to exclude others. Actually, it, it brings you in as one of God's people. And that's a delight. I mean, hope that you've, you've felt that, you've experienced that over the, the past weeks. And that delight, uh, David contrasts that delight with, with those who run after other gods. He says they will suffer more and more. As they offer sacrifices to gods that cannot uh, help him, that cannot change anything. As they cry out to gods who will not hear and cannot answer. It's so tempting, isn't it, it in the midst of danger, to hedge our bets. Yeah, not, not to abandon God altogether, but in subtle ways, just to, to run after other things. Let me give you an example of, uh, of, of what that might look like in the first few days of lockdown. don't know about you, but, but I find myself signing up to every single online shop I could find. Everyone, Tesco, Asda, Sainsbury's, M&S, Co-op, Amazon Fresh, even Iceland. 
somehow I, I was doing it in, in the vain hope that they would provide what I needed, that they would come to my aid. And yet time after time, I was faced with the message, no slots available. Far from saving me, actually they only increased my anxiety and made the suffering all the worse. Now look, that, that's a very small example, isn't it? But, but when we're faced with danger, how quick we are to run after other things. Just ask yourself this, what am I falling back on? What is my backup plan? Don't know what it is for you, maybe it's your, your skills, your, your job security, the people that you know. Are you trusting in those things to provide what you need? When God alone is the one you need, he is the one who can provide for you. If you're not a Christian, maybe you've seen that um, uh, over the past few weeks, the things that you usually look to uh, to give you security. Well, ultimately, they only disappoint. Well, for all of us, we need to run instead to the Lord. He is everything we need. D David knows that. He knows that from experience. And so he knows where to place his trust. Verse five. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. At this point in his life, it's quite possible that David has nothing. He's probably been cut off from his land, therefore from his family, his source of income, his food for each day, his security in the long term. But that being cut off has helped him to see once again that the Lord alone is his portion. Now, sure, having his land would be a good thing. The Lord will provide everything he needs. But it is in the Lord alone that he can find lasting security. So even, even, when, um, even when the land is gone, he is able to say, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Verse six, it isn't saying, oh, actually, the whole, the whole situation is fine. It, it's no big deal uh, after all. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I've got a, a second home in the country that I can uh, lock down in. He's not saying that. He, he's saying, I may have nothing in this world. But if I have you, Lord, I have a delightful inheritance. You will give me what I need. Not always, I guess, what I think I need, but what I actually need. That is even more true of you, isn't it? If you're a Christian, through Jesus, you have a delightful inheritance that no danger, no danger you can face can threaten. Because that is true, uh, David uh, determines to keep trusting in the Lord. He clings to the fact that God alone is the one that he will worship. Verse seven. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. 
Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. See, David determines to keep on praising God, to give thanks to the one who is everything he needs, the one who counsels him even in the midst of his danger. Even at night, I guess the time when the danger was greatest and when the anxiety would feel almost overwhelming. That is when my heart instructs me. That, that is when I keep telling myself that it is God alone that I need and I will trust in him. I'll keep my eyes on the Lord because I know that if I begin to look elsewhere, the fear will be overwhelming. With the Lord at my side, he says, nothing can shake me. Just think about who, who do you want at your side on the intensive care ward? You want the doctor who knows what he's doing. You want the nurse who will sit with you no matter what the night brings. How much more as we face danger do we want the Lord who controls every atom in this universe? We want him by our side. He is the one we need, no matter what comes. So we look to him, keep praising him. Remember all that he has given you in his son. Remember that he will provide all that you need. That's truth that we can cling to uh, in danger. And then thirdly and finally, uh, what this psalm gives us is assurance we can rejoice in through danger. Reading from verse nine. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, the truth about who God is makes a difference. Makes a, different, makes a difference on the inside. David's heart is glad. And it makes a difference on the outside. Causes his tongue to rejoice. He is able to rest secure. Hang on a second. His situation hasn't changed. The danger is just as real and just as present as it ever was. So I guess we wonder, has David finally lost it? Is he delusional? Is he often in a fantasy land where everything is just magically okay again? You know, the, the danger is very real. But the reality of who God is changes how he feels about that danger. He can rejoice. He can be secure, even in danger. As if that's not crazy enough, Dave then makes some pretty outrageous claims in verse 10. You will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. Seems pretty confident, doesn't he? And everything is going to work out. 
sounds almost like he, he thinks he's invincible. Here's where we need to come back to the fact that this psalm ultimately is, is fully true of the Lord Jesus. See, what is poetically true of David is perfectly true of Christ. Fast forward to the New Testament in Acts 2 from verse 24, Peter quotes this psalm, the last four verses of it, and says this is all about Jesus. Here's what he says. He says, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He says, David died and was buried. Implication, so much for, for not being abandoned to the realm of the dead. But here, here's, here's the conclusion he, Peter draws. He, that is David, spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life and exalted him to the right hand of God. See, Psalm 16 is perfectly true of Jesus, who was in the grave, but not abandoned to it, who is truly God's faithful one, who is right now exalted at the right hand of his father, what was poetically true of David is perfectly true of Christ. And because it is true of Christ, it is true of us if we trust in Christ. Psalm 16 can be our assurance if we're trusting in the Lord Jesus. Let me be clear what that means. This is not a promise that you won't get uh, COVID-19. It's not a promise that if you get it, uh, you'll make a full recovery. But it is an assurance that there is a faithful one who will not see decay. The Jesus suffers, but he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead. Trust him. Trust that the promises of verse 11 are true of you in Christ. That God is now making known to us the path of life, not just not just the end, but the way to live now, trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Trust that he will fill you with joy in his presence, that however hard this season is, however it may end, there will be joy with Jesus for all his people. Real Joy and, and that joy, it goes on forever. It is eternal. There are, as the psalm puts it, eternal pleasures at his right hand. I don't know, maybe you haven't thought about heaven in those terms uh, before. But the promise of heaven is a promise of pleasure, not drudgery. It really will be wonderful. So as you trust in Christ, you can know with certainty that those pleasures will be yours. They are, they are absolutely secure, not because they depend on you or on me, but because they belong to Jesus. They are his. So as each of us face danger at the minute each day, 
What can we do? We can cry out to him. We can cling to his promises. The assurance of eternal pleasures with him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you that we can run to you in danger, that we can plead with you to keep us safe. We praise you for the truth that, that you are everything that we need, that with you we have a delightful inheritance. Lord, please will we keep praising you and looking to you. Lord, keep us from, from running after other things. And Lord, give us the deep assurance that because of Jesus, because these things are true of him, we can have that, that certainty, that security of eternal joys at your right hand. Father, help us to live in light of that joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.